0: ...which we can build from, and also just link this back to, why are we talking about it? Um, I think the reason why we're talking about this um, this morning and in our church, because it's one of our desires as individuals, as followers of Jesus, and as a church, is to become more Christ-like. Is that right? And, uh, and to reflect his nature and his, and his heart more. So, in some ways, I know it's meant to be like we've been having this talk on emotionally, spiritually healthy individuals, church, but in some ways it links in. Um, because as we pursue God's heart, as we become more Christ like, increasingly brings our emotions and our spirits more in line with God's. And when we start to press into mission and all that is, it begins to bring that alignment. Because at the core of this church, we want to have the core of God's heart. We want to share God's message, and the core of God's message is his good news. And his good news is meant to be shared. His good news is meant to be a mission. If you read the Bible, even just a casual reading of the Bible, you you see this idea all the way through, right from the beginning, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, where God is just seeking to interact with people and bringing them into the reality of who he is and what he wants to do in their lives. You know, if you've been following Jesus for any period of time, you will know this verse. So it's a bit like a teaching, end this verse. For God so loved the world. Yeah, carry on. (laughs) If you don't know, for God so loved the world. This is from a a book called John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only beloved Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. I only know it in the old version because that's the only way I learnt it. But just this idea right there in his heart, it's like God loves the world, so he sent, so that they could encounter the goodness of God. And as followers of Jesus, we're meant to be reflecting. You know, that's what we call Christians. I'm told Christian means like little Christ. And so as we say that we're followers of Jesus, we're trying to represent him as best as we can, so that when people see us, the way that we speak, the way that we interact, the way we connect with people, that they see a glimpse of Jesus. You know, I'm often praying, even as I'm speaking, it's like, don't see me. God, may they see more of you. And as part of that is this idea of, of mission. <coughs> We've got a slide up. I don't have any slides up. you have to jump. Right, go okay. ahead. Next one. And so we have this well-known verse Because Jesus said, I came here, I demonstrated it, now as followers of Jesus, I want you to outwork it. And so we read in Matthew 28, verse 18, again a well-known verse, but I won't test you on it this time. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that ultimately is what we're talking about, this idea of mission, this idea to go. There's no other way, you can look at it in the, uh, you know, in the Greek, you can look at it in any language you want, but go means go. The question is, is figuring out what does go look like for you. There's no way of getting around the word go. It's a question of God, and, and as Nigel's was saying, as I'm sharing, as I'm speaking, be asking God, what, what does that mean? What does that look like for me in my life? What does it look like if you're uh, uh, representing a family here for my family? What does it look like for us? And that was a challenging call that God gave the early followers of Jesus. They weren't so good at it initially. It was quite specific about how they wanted it to do it. Go to Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And uh, in the end, God used a little bit of persecution to kind of get them moving. For some of them, he gave massive dreams and visions to get them moving. I don't know how I'll choose. I think I'll go for the dreams and visions to get me moving. That's my blessing for you is to kind of get us focused. But this is what it's about. And just to conclude, I came across this quote by Christopher Wright. I have to, I'll read it off here. It's not so much the case that God has mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for Mission. And maybe in some ways, that summarizes what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about this, this morning. It's more than just the kind of free people that we just shared about, and you hear some more stories from me as I go along. It's more than just these short-term trips that give us opportunity. It's because we're coming back to some ways, the heart and the core, of what it means to be followers of Jesus, to be a congregation of people that follow Jesus. So again, you know, that's one of my main desires this morning as a share, is just to bring this back into the core of our heart. So God's heart is for the nations. His heart is to see everybody encounter the goodness of God. But yet, yeah, it hasn't happened. I could give you a whole load of bits of information. I'm not going to bore you. This is the latest information. Just take it from me. I know where to look. Um, and so the facts at the moment there's 2.2 billion people With little or no access to the gospel, 81% of non-Christians do not personally know a believer. 16 million people die a year without hearing the good news of Jesus. That means 43,000 a day, 30 every minute, one every two seconds. And so that's kind of what mission is about. And as Nigel said, not all of us can suddenly decide just to... um, Get up and move and go. Because for some of us, that is what God has said to us. But for other of us, it means something different. And that's what we're seeking to explore this morning. And one of the ways that can look like is going on a short-term team. We're going to try to make it easy and help you by creating a a list of potential opportunities. We're aware that there are other opportunities out there. You know, I was joking earlier, but also seriously, if you want to do a short-term trip to any country that has a Muslim majority... Anywhere between Mauritania and Brunei, just speak to me. I can find you a trip. And uh, just because of the work that I do. So why are we doing this focus? Yeah, we're doing this focus because of mission. We also want to create opportunities for us to get involved, to go on short-term teams, to go on short-term mission trips. And there's kind of two main reasons that we, we think this is important. Firstly, for those that we're going to, The individual, the team, the project that's involved. We see this in the Bible. Um, Paul, um, who went all across the known world at that point in time, wrote a number of books. One of them was a book called Philippians. And in Philippians in particular, he seems to have developed a really good relationship with the church he wrote the the book to, which is called Philippi. And um, he, particularly if you look in chapter 4, you know, He's been giving them some instructions in chapters 1, 2, and 3. And in chapters 4, he, he kind of really just opens his heart and is really real with the church. And he's just thanking them for numerous things. But one of the, one of the things he particularly thanks them for I'm going to see if I can pronounce this guy. Ephroditus. I think that's how you pronounce his name. It's all right? Epaphroditus. I knew I was going to have trouble with that one. And, uh, and he just says, Thank you so much we sending this person to me because he has encouraged me. And, uh, and that's one of the main reasons why we send teams out, because we want to seek and encourage those who are working overseas. I tried to record some people, but we didn't figure out how to get it and some of it down on, online. But I, I contacted some of the friends and people that uh, I'm involved with, and I said, you know, why do you like short-term teams coming to you? Uh, one of them said um, they bring chocolate.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, it was my wife, Katie, she would say, people used to bring out rye Ribena for us. Big. I mean, it was a big sacrifice. I mean, if that went wrong in your hand luggage, <laughs> your clothes are purple forever. <laughs> um, but seriously, I mean, there is an aspect, because sometimes I was just bringing an aspect of familiarity. As somebody who's worked many years overseas, I, we used to love having short-term teens come through. You know, when you're spending your whole life trying to speak in a language that you're finding really, really difficult and hard, just to have somebody you can speak English to, even if it's just for a day, is incredibly uh, refreshing. Having people come in, sometimes when you're in a situation, and it applies anywhere in the world, even here in the UK, but sometimes when you're really just involved in something, you can get bogged down, and it's kind of hard to think and get fresh perspective and insight. So when somebody comes in, he doesn't really know about the situation. Even without having like a word of knowledge or insight from God, sometimes it just brings fresh insight. Also, when you just get people that come in, it just, I think often the short-term teams coming in for myself, it's like an oasis. If I had time, and maybe by this evening, because I can get some internet here, I'll show a picture of the desert. You know, if you've ever seen these pictures of the desert, and it's just sand as far as the eye can see, and then you see a little blob of green where there is like a well or just some water oozing up and that is what a short-term um, team coming in literally does because it can be weary whatever role you're in whatever country you're in just having somebody come just brings encouragement i remember a number of years ago i, was, I might again have this ready for tonight <laughs> um nicole i've seen nicole around somewhere where is she? And she's hiding. And, uh, and uh, she's thinking, Yeah, you're listening. And uh, Joe and Joe Heming, and, and a couple of other people from this church came to visit us. And again it was really useful because you can talk about things like these guys talk about and you're trying to look from the image and get a little feel. But when you're there, you kinda of really get a kind of you feel like these guys are kinda of connected with you. You know, I could talk with people like Nicole and people like Joe. And when I talk about how difficult it is to get the kids out the door, they understand it because we all, you know, I can say we lived in tower blocks. And um, I don't know if Nicole can remember or not, but you know, crossing the road when you just just think of like crossing the M3 if you want to get anywhere. And the way you do it is you just do one lane, one lane at a time. Don't run, keep calm, or not you get run over. And, you know, and I could try to explain that to you, and you can. But when you're physically there, you start to pick up something. People become aware of your situation, your stresses, your joys. Suddenly people that are just names in a newsletter suddenly become real people that you are meeting and that you are interacting with. And so I could just go, I mean, I could go on and on, but there's just uh, such a joy, such a benefit. And it's not just for us. I know a lot of the things that we organize, certainly some of the things that I, on this list, uh, that related to me, it's not just sometimes the individuals you go and visit. I know whenever we used to get a team out and when we had a team from Winchester Vineyard, as soon as people knew I was bringing a team, they'd say, hey, can they send them to us? Because in this kind of environment, every week, at the end of me speaking, Nigel or I would say, if you want to have prayer for anything, you can come forward. And if you're involved in a life group, and if you're not, I'd encourage you to be involved uh, in one. Again, you get an opportunity to get worship, worship, for people to pray for you. For a number of these people, particularly the, uh, the people I work with, um, working in Muslim-majority countries, places like Afghanistan, Sudan, when we bring a team in, that might be the only time they get anybody to pray for them, maybe in a year or two years. You know, I don't know about you. I, I love ministry. I love worship. You know, I just sit here. What great worship we have. Yeah? Uh, I can see some of the guys in different bands here at this point in time. We can come here every week. And if you're really, really hungry, you don't have to, you know, you could come in the evening uh, and you know, get a get double dose. These guys don't have that, that choice. And so when you bring in a team, you know, often I'm asking people, can you come in and just bring a, a worship team in? It's, it's hard to kind of convey how important it is. It's more than just, can you know, you come and do worship at my life group. you bring bringing in something that these guys are just hungry uh, and first four. So there's a demand for it. So I'm just going to play a short one-minute clip. This is somebody called Ashley. Um, she kind of works in the Afghan-Pakistan area, is about all I can say. She, um, she's American. Um, so you'll notice that from an accent. Ac- accent. And, <laughs> and uh, we just recently took a team, um, and I said to her, hey, can you just tell the guys back here why it was great that we took a team out that out with worship and ministry. So hopefully this will come through okay. Um, so for me, um, having a short team come out um, is a huge blessing because they bring things that um, are fresh and new, uh, particularly in um, worship. Um, it's just such a blessing to have someone come in, um, either with new songs or just new insights, um, leading um, us in a way that we don't normally get to experience um sometimes um for some of us it um you know this is the only time that we really get good corporate worship and as well as um just the the words they bring Uh, i know that i was incredibly encouraged this trip um just having people come in not knowing my situation and really bringing um encouragement um through praying for us and praying for healing and
1: all these different things that they do um and so it's just really invaluable um to have these people come out and bless us in this way
0: Brilliant. And so that's probably when you bring a ministry team out. I know some of you went on the training yesterday. Well, if you want to put it into practice, come in one of these teams, because it's always more exciting. Some of you don't know anything about. And you just say, here, this is what God is saying in your life. It just blows your mind. So I'm just looking at the clock. I could share some stories, but I won't. I'll move on. But um, So there's real benefit from those who are getting people, as well as the obvious you know, if you go and do some of the humanitarian work, some of the stuff that, um, particularly, I know is organizing with uh, Romania. When you go, um, one of the things with Calais is working with uh, Sudanese you know, refugees. Uh, you know, you've got those obvious dynamics of being able to show God's love, God's care. It also just opens up their hearts as well. When they see that compassion, when they see the love. Some of the places where I've worked uh, with Muslims their only association with the West is they think the West symbolizes Hollywood and the other thing they associate with the West is these are the guys that bomb us uh, I know we would disagree with that but that's their perspective on it so when they actually physically meet somebody from the West that shows them the goodness and kindness of God it totally messes with their head and their hearts and that's ultimately what he want to do but how about the benefits uh, of going I could interview quite a few of you here. How many people have ever been on a short-term team? Yeah, it's quite a few of you. Uh, if you haven't done it for a while, you should do it again. If you haven't, find one of them. Uh, I'm going to ask Bex if she'll just come up. Uh, she'll need a microphone, Nigel. Can you ask her a couple of questions? Um, uh, Bex recently um, went out with one of the teams to Romania with Stephen, and um, so I've got a couple of questions. What did he get out of it?
1: Um, It basically gives you a whole new perspective of um, the world and people around you and something that's outside of yourself and your own life and local community. Um, And there's simple things like appreciation of sanitation, um, and I have lots of stories of that in different places, Um, whether it's just running water, um, people have to walk miles for that, and it 's something that we very often take for granted um, and even toilets and just going into a latrine in in the slums and having to make make sure that you balance um, over it in the dark um, and that 's you know a challenge
0: and <laughs> um, we 've got a picture show no we haven't. <laughs>
1: no, I do actually, but not here
0: but so. you can give it to me for tonight. <laughs>
1: You develop strong bladders and uh, learn to hold your breath. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, um, it's about the people that you serve. um, And it's a, a really good opportunity to bring hope. You're able to share the good news of Jesus and bring God's presence with you and pray, encourage people, speak life, have an impact in people's life. And it does change lives.
0: So what would you say to somebody who's thinking about, you know, should I go on a short-term trip?
1: Yes, totally. <laughs> it's, um, you learn so much about yourself, about your character, um, and you just give so much away. And you certainly learn to lean on God and trust in him, certainly for your safety and security, depending on where you go in the world. Um, and it is, it is a big cost, it is time, it's money, but at the same time, it is just so worth it.
0: Brilliant, thank you very much. And, uh, and I could quite easily have interviewed a whole load of uh, different people, and they would have said some things that are similar, some things that are, are different. And it's often this saying, and I think it's true, both of them, people often say you get more out of going than the actual people that receive. Having been somebody that receives. I might kind of question that. But there is a rule. People often think, I'm going to go and do this to help these people, to bless these people. But, you know, as Nigel just said again earlier, you know, God blesses those he gives. And he often gives us back so much. There's so many things that, are, that you get from going out. And here's just a few things. Some of these overlap with what Beck says. One of them links into the very first thing I said. When you go out, you start to encounter God's heart in a deeper and more powerful way. You see, we just said it, God loves the world. And so when you begin to encounter your world, it begins to expand your heart in a greater and more powerful way. When you begin to see all his children in the different ways and countries and customs, it just begins to expand your heart. I don't know about you, if you 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 ever have that prayer, God, change my heart, God, enlarge my heart, God, make my heart more like yours. There's many different ways of doing it, but one of the easiest ways to go on one of these short-term trips, as Bex said, it begins to also just expand your your perspective. as we get set in ways of this: what it looks like to follow Jesus. You know, I've been, I know Bex has been in some African countries as well. When you go to some African countries, those who go to an African country, man, they know how to give thanks. If you don't, just look, um, just look on YouTube of an African church. Give him thanks. There's such enthusiasm. However, along you might think that I or Nigel or somebody else is speaking for. <laughs> Hopefully, that thought is not going through your mind at this point in time. Uh, you know, when they just go on for hour after hour and there's that hunger, when you think about, you know, I think sometimes, man, it took me 15, 20 minutes to get to church. When these people take, you know, a few hours just to kind of um, come to church, it begins to expand your, your heart and your mind. Expansive perspective. I think sometimes when um, people come with me and they have a certain mentality of Muslims being hard to follow Jesus. So it's not on here, but all likelihood, I will be taking a team in the next year and a bit to Ethiopia. Uh, if you're ever on our mailing list, you hear some of the stories of what I'm doing in East Ethiopia near Somalia. And so you go there, and what we do is we do some training and then we send people out two by two. And then they come back in the afternoon and it's like this whole family, this whole village has decided to start following Jesus that used to be from a Muslim background. That kind of messes with your perspective, particularly if you're physically involved. Maybe even just telling you that messes with your perspective. Imagine how much more so if you are uh, physically there. Again, Beck's touching this, you become more grateful. Every time I I go overseas, I kind of have like an attitude adjustment. It just reminds me how grateful I am for my situation what I have you know. one of the things that came into my mind uh, you know you just take things for granted when you have them and when I go home if all goes well we're having a roast I'm not trying to whet your appetite or anything but we're going to have a range of of vegetables and um, I remember once being in Ethiopia and um, we just ate the same thing we ate the same two meals one was we had rice every morning um, and then we had a particular uh, Ethiopian uh, dish, which is like a piece of bread with some hot sauce in it. And that was it. We had that for dinner and tea. Uh, like, I was only there for 10 days. If I'd been there a month, it would been the same thing. But somehow, somebody found a carrot, and we split it between the 40 of us. <laughs> that was all I had. You know, when I came home, it was like, Katie goes, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, I'll have fruit, veg, you know, just give me that. But, you know, you just take this for granted. You know, the things like, you know, toilets. You know, we just did some stuff with the guys in Afghanistan and Pakistan recently. And they're just like, oh, it's just great to be here. Because we, we, we couldn't meet in the country for security reasons. So we met in the Gulf. And they're like, oh, it's just great here just to have, a, you know, a hot shower. Why can I roughly have a hot shower whenever I want? And just like, oh, yeah, we've got electricity uh, you, know, I don't, you know, we have electricity. We don't have to think about it. is it going to be on today or is it not going to be on? And so some of those things that we expect, they're kind of the things that we tend to tell our kids. Be grateful because you could be living overseas. Um, there is also that aspect where it just expands your heart and it's good to grow in thankfulness and rejoicing. And again, that's crucial because, you know, we talk about in our church, we want to lead our communities into life. And one of the things we need to bring into our, li- into our lives and bring it greater in our, into our communities is thankfulness and joy. Fourthly, you'll you start to overcome some of your fears. If you were here yesterday, uh, some of the prophetic stuff, Mark Iles came out with a quote, which he's given me before, I can't remember exactly, I was hoping he'll be here. But he's assuming to the, the effect, my apologies to Mark and those who heard it yesterday, that if you're not really sure what God is, uh, it's telling you to do or where you should go in stepping out. Just find out what your greatest fear is and go for it. He said, don't do that in all situations. So I'll always put that proviso. But as soon as God wants us to step into areas, you know, again, if you're a parent, you know sometimes your children, they don't want to do something, but you know they need to step into that and step through it if they're ever going to grow and develop and become mature adults. I took my, uh, my daughters recently at the moment, trying to help them figure out how to use banks and cards and stuff like that. And so they kind of hide behind you. You know, do, if you have parents, you know, you know they try to hide behind you. They want you to do it for you. And I'm trying to just encourage them. Stick the card in. You know, just something very, very simple. But God does the same. He tries to step us into fiends. So maybe when you start thinking about some of these fiends, you look at them and you think, which one should I go for? Maybe go for the one that scares you the most. And if there's, some, if there's not scary enough, I can find some more scary ones for you. <laughs> That's, uh, I just wanted to make it a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, if you want to go to Afghanistan, kind of come to the right afterwards, and I can arrange that for you. But, uh, but again, it's just part of just growing and developing. And some of the people, I'm probably I'm the best examples of it. I remember when we used to be in Lebanon, we used to, uh, we used to work with Hamas and Hezbollah. But uh, when people came out, we didn't tell them that. Uh, well, if you looked at the geography, they'd figure it out. But... Um, and so they just hang out with these people then afterwards I'd go you know what those people you just played football with they were from Hamas and normally they would fall ill at some point and we'd take them to a doctor every doctor in the area we were was Hezbollah so it's like you know you have free medical care here in the UK NHS you get free medical care there courtesy of the Hezbollah and, uh, but when you met those people you think behind all those images and the things that you do they have the same fears the same anxieties the same heart desires so how to overcome your fears. And lastly, to state the obvious, you will expand the kingdom of God. You know, Johnny and Beth were talking about it earlier, about this idea of being like a mosaic, and we each have a little bit that we can contribute to reflect the picture of God. And just like we learn from the people that we go to, they show us an image of Jesus, a way of doing life and community. We also bring that to the communities that we're bringing so to finish off, we talked about mission. Not all of us can kind of get up and fly overseas for a long period of time. Some of us, again, some of these trips, we try to make ones which are longer and some which are, are shorter. But even for some of you, it might be that for health limitations or family pressures or where you are at this point in time, it just makes travel impractical. But that doesn't mean that this message is not for you. you just got to figure out what it looks like for you. It might be that this is a time just to... Particularly pray. For each of these trips that we send out, we need people prayer backing. Because if not, we're just going to go out. We need to take Christ. The, the people and the situations that these are reflected, they need to meet Christ in us. And that takes a lot of our prayer backing. You might not be able to physically go, but there might be somebody that can go that could do with some financial help. And that might be the way of doing it. Who knows? But for each one of us, we've got to figure out what it looks like for us. And just to finish, just one last slide I came across. Hopefully it'll come up clear. Yeah, it's not that clear. I'll read it off to you. I just found it online, and I thought it was just an easy way just to finish off. Wondering if you're ready for a mission trip. Questions to ask. Am I willing to make this a priority? Because it's one of Christ's priorities. Am I willing to sacrifice financially to go? Does God want me to go on a mission trip and I'd encourage you to go away and think pray about it Questions is not to ask which you can't see so clearly do I have enough time to be honest one can always make time this is partly why we're giving you this far enough ahead of time because even if you've got work and you've got limited holiday within the next year and a half your yearly allowance will start again shall we say uh, do I have enough money uh, do I want to go on a mission trip it's not a good question what is, what, is, what is God saying? You know, as now I just said right at the beginning. So it's part of what we want to be as a core of our church. It's part of what God wants to create a core in us as followers of Jesus. The question is, what does it look like for you?